Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Can you hear me? Okay. No, it's fine. You're sitting at Jason's little nook area, and so I was expecting you downstairs in your home office with your standing <laughs> desk. <laughs> well, girl, um, we just epoxied our garage, so oh. all of our things that was in the garage is in. So I am temporarily here. <laughs> and how long well, is this temporary situation? Oh, it's done. We we just because we just got back from Santa Barbara, like Central Coast. We didn't have time, so we're gonna do it this weekend. This I did weekend. notice that. What was that little mini adventure there to Middle California? Well, <laughs> well so you know how there's um, me and my college friend, the four of us. Mm-hmm. One of them just. Uh, relocated to Ventura for a job from oh, okay. Tulare, which is in Fresno area. But her and her husband just decided, let's just relocate in general. And so they bought a house, um, which is like 30 minutes from Santa Barbara. And it's absolutely beautiful. I, I mean, they got the view and... They pay what they paid for their home is what I paid for my home. And I was like, I ain't I ain't got that great of a view, but I got a view. <laughs> but shit. There, yeah. So it's our it's our always like our annual holiday gathering because all of us don't live in the same area. So um, that was a holiday gathering this year, but it's probably gonna be a tradition now just because she has more space. Mm-hmm. That's fine. For all of us. Yeah. yeah I love your tree, by the way, because when I went to visit your house just in October, obviously it wasn't the holidays, but your tree looks <laughs> beautiful. Is it flocked? Did it come flocked or did you have to flock it yourself? It's flocked and it's fake. Yes. Pre-lit, <laughs> right? Has to be the pre-lit. Yeah. Oh, no, I have a pre-lit. fake tree too. Come on now. <laughs> I, you know, I'm you on can... my third year with my tree and it's paid itself already, you know, at the more yeah, and more yeah, years yeah. you have it. <laughs> Yeah, but this is, we might need a taller tree just because our ceiling is higher. So, Mm -hmm. but this works. You don't have a topper though, do you? No. A star or angel or your face or anything? I like you like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have sad, they're cute little Santa climbing on the ladder on the side, which I think is so awesome. I was on the other side. Yeah, yeah. That's, I swear to God, that was like the best thing I saw that day. I was like, what the (laughs) fuck is this? This is super cute. So you might want to like scope it out because how we got it was at Target. You know how it's like closer to Christmas, they start dropping prices that's how we got it that shit was like seven maybe i think it was like 79.99 or 69.99 got it like 20 bucks oh yeah i looked it up when you told me it was from target i was like oh shit of course this shit is like fucking 65 dollars or something but okay i gotta wait for a hell of sale for for that yes because that's what i'm gonna do that's what i'm gonna do with the tree i'm gonna wait for it to drop and then buy like a nine footer tree yeah that's what we did. I think we bought ours like after Christmas when they're trying to get rid of all mm-hmm. of their stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's the way awesome. to go. Okay. My bestie Ernafe is finally on the pod and I can't, I can never thank like my friends and family enough who always helped me with my schoolwork. And I still remember it wasn't even this past spring. It was like last spring, spring 2022, where you helped me out with my final assignment, which I had to do practice doing an interview for research. And you kindly were generous enough to give up your time to be interviewed. It didn't matter what our topic was. That wasn't the point of the assignment, but it was really good. And I was like, I need to have this bitch on like for real and like talk some, <laughs> talk some real shit on the podcast here. So now you're finally here after like 18 months from that other interview we did that one was more business you know so it wasn't as funny but I feel like we can really shoot the breeze here because this is like whatever you know so I always start my podcast with how we met and I don't know the exact moment because we were kids we were children and I was just thinking about this the other day Faye is we met in sixth grade that means we were 11 years old we're gonna be 41 Mm -hmm. next year we that means we were we are about to be friends for 30 fucking years that's Three-fourths of yeah. our lives. That's huge. Yeah. I feel like that's huge and it should be celebrated. Well, we'll get more into that a bit later. But 
I just remember <laughs> what happened with my situation was I was in this program, I think from third to fifth grade or maybe just fourth and fifth grade, where it was like a Hawaiian immersion kind of program. And so only two classes were together. And then I noticed in the fifth grade, I was like, no, there's there's more people in the fifth grade class than just this one or two classes. So I was like, I want the quote unquote typical school experience. So I asked my mom to take me out of that program. And then here I found myself within the same school feeling like I'm still a brand new student because now I was outside of those two classes and then these brand new faces I've basically never seen before because we've just been kind of stayed together as a cohort, which I didn't realize as a child back then. And I met these brand new people in Mrs. Welch's sixth grade class, God rest her soul. And she co-taught it. So now this class is even more huge. It's, it's three classes being co-taught by three teachers. And I was so intimidated because I didn't know anybody all of my friends were back in the other two classes that I've only known. And I was like, oh, no, what have what have I done? Maybe I made a mistake, you know, like asking my mom to take me out of this program and like put me in a quote unquote normal sixth grade class. I don't think we were sitting next to each other, perhaps, but we just and, and that really kind of started the core group of like us girlfriends that have been because they were all there. You know, I I remember sitting next to Noilani, but we did past classes for a little bit and maybe that was for one but like I think Janice was not in Mrs. Welch's class but in the in the other class but we just co-taught it or was she in we'll probably have to ask her but then it's like <laughs> Leah, Leanne, Charlene and I'm just like that is really kind of made up the foundation of I guess like the founding like girl members mm -hmm. of, of this yeah. clique and then more we, more girls collected as we went through like intermediate and then and and then after high school but that to me was like where it really started and you know and I'm just do you remember how we met or your first impression of me or <laughs> How did we become friends? I just don't know, really. I know. I, I'm not too sure, actually. We were just in the same class. Maybe we were like the overachievers. Yes. <laughs> so, so maybe that's how we kind of just, you know, connected. I don't remember like an exact day or what we were doing that we actually met. And I'm glad because that's who you cling on to when you move to this brand new environment of intermediate. And that was like a whole new world. I swear to God, I was like, right. why do I feel like I missed some kind of prerequisite socially, right? Because you come to intermediate, everyone's like already in clicks. I go, what is that? And like everyone was kind of, you know, young love and coupling up. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Here. I'm like, I, I don't like this new, this new space called intermediate school, you know, but we kind of clung together. And then of course you have to like scope out your territory. <laughs> We'd kind right, of move right. it. We would have a recess spot. I don't know if you remember it under that bridgeway with the bench. And then we would yeah. have a, a, a after school lunch spot because you're only allowed in a certain part of the campus. And then, you know, yeah. we kind of moved like outside of the library for intermediate. And then we kind of ended yeah. up by the library in high school. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the library <laughs> but <laughs> that's just how we ended up what was your early childhood school experiences just socially with us and because I you're not born here right no I'm not born in Hawaii mm -hmm. I was born in the Philippines family immigrated when I was five so um then I started in the August Orange um that was tough that was tough um you know because you get placed into classes where English is your second language so you know then they put you into you know gen pop <laughs> general <laughs> population and it becomes like you know you get teased by your accent, you get teased by, you know, oh, you know, your clothing, they don't match. But I don't remember being bullied in any way. I, I don't remember at all, but I know that they probably talked about my accent, which is okay, that's fine. But um, I enjoyed every childhood memory that I've had going down up to high school and high school was like get me out of here <laughs> so, 
Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. A lot of us from Hawaii, our families have immigrated from the Philippines. Okay. Yep. Um, in our, in our group, there are, there's only two of us, um, that were born in the Philippines and immigrated to Hawaii. So, um, I mean, I didn't, I don't think that I was discriminated on in any way by anybody, actually, because everybody kind of was in the same boat <laughs> um, in Hawaii. You know, everybody immigrated some form. Um, so. Okay, so actually, that's actually, I feel like a really good segue into, you know, on, on my podcast, to me now, they're becoming one and the same, which is school and career, because my career happens to be academic, and I'm still a right. student, and now working in academia. Right. So they always go hand in hand. And considering this, mm -hmm. like, stereotype of Filipino nurses, I mean, that is a huge thing out of the Philippines, right, is is Filipino nurses working overseas, you know, it, it is right. actually a big economic thing for the Philippines, not just nurses, but Filipino workers working overseas and sending money back home. That's actually, I think their number one economy right. is, is how they run. And so when I was a graduate assistant briefly for the School of Nursing here in Hawaii, it follows that same pattern where a lot of the undergraduate nurses were Filipino. But then when you start to get more higher ed, those getting their master's and then definitely your PhD, suddenly they just drop off, which I thought was so, so interesting. I think yeah. we had this conversation before, you know, and for you and talking about your career path, your schooling, your career path and tra trajectory is, you know, share why you wanted to be a nurse and you're I think not one of the few but for me my podcast is about how I suddenly made a shift you know away from what I've done my schooling and my career in from communications to education but you are still working this same path in it and you're kind of like ride or die with this which I think is great and and there's a lot of people like that so tell me why nursing is for you and your passion and why you're, you know, you've, you've had different roles within nursing, but yet you've, you've stayed in the nursing industry and, and it looks like you're going to retire in the nursing industry, you know? So how is it meaning it full for you? Why, why is nursing so meaningful for you? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, most of us who become nurses in my generation, <laughs> that is a lot of us, it's cliche, right? You like helping people or you've had a, an event in your life, for me, was my childhood with, you know, seeing public servants, whether it was a police officer, a doctor, et cetera. I've had uh, a number of surgeries growing up. I watched people who just prods and pokes at you, and I'm like, what? I mean, this is strange, but gosh, I love it. Like, I love that they're helping me get better. And, you know, had my parents' share of being hospitalized, et cetera. And I, like, really liked that part. Now, it was not my first choice of career. I actually wanted to be a lawyer. I didn't know that. Yeah, I wanted to be a lawyer. And just, I don't, I think what scared me was the pathway to becoming a lawyer. That scared me because it is more male-dominant. Mm -hmm. And coming from a family where it's, dominated by males. I mean, I have two brothers. I'm the only girl. It, it was something that I was like, do I really want to put up with men? Being around men all my life. So I'm like, mm, maybe let's rethink about this. Mm, so, how about no? <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like, okay, well, I love science. I love science. Mm. I like, I love medicine. So I went and tried the medicine route um so there was two choices right either a doctor or nurse doctor I was like yeah I I like this and I I'm really good like as far as hands-on being detailed oriented so I wanted to do more like a surgery well senior year of high school we had to shadow someone of that field and I shadowed my surgeon who did surgery on me. And he told me about his pathway about he married his wife when he was like 52. And oh. it's because he 
went through so many schooling to do what he does that he really didn't think about dating or <laughs> meeting someone. Well, he met his wife because his wife was a, was a nurse. And so I spoke with her who happens to be his nurse, his his nurse in his practice. Oh. So I shadowed her during that time as well and I yeah, she just kind of pointed out that if you if family is very important to you, becoming a doctor can be a little bit difficult just because it's so um, time consuming. Yeah, I feel like it's a field that would monopolize your time, really. Right. You're married to your work at that point, it seems. So, you know, I didn't want to be tied down just to work. Because I'm a firm believer of work-life balance, you know? Sure. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, what can I do um, that would be in the healthcare, but still have some autonomy in my job and that's becoming a nurse and honestly i really didn't hear much about like filipino women going the route of nursing like that's you know this it's just like the stigma of oh yeah you're filipino you must be a nurse Mm -hmm. i never heard of that ever i the only time i heard of that is when i came out here to California, San Francisco, and I became a nurse. And they're like, you know, people are like, are you, you're Filipino? And be like, yeah. And it's like, you must be a nurse. And I'm like, why do people talk about that? Mm-hmm. I've never heard it in my life. And mind you, in my family, there's no one that is in healthcare. Me too. So I, I did. I had no idea. I came out here after high school. Went to University of San Francisco, the Dons, and <laughs> I got hired immediately. I literally like a month after I got out of school. So good. Um, and then I just been working, and I've held multiple roles, and I've switched um, organizations a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here I am after a master's degree and thinking of getting my PhD just because of the route that I'm trying to take as far as my nursing career. Yeah. Come on, girl. We talked about this before. I was like, go for it, go for it. But Mm -hmm. just calling back to that work-life balance that, right. I mean, I know our industries are different, but girl, the PhD Mm -hmm. does monopolize my time. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, that's definitely the people that advice that gave people gave me when I was thinking about it what they would ask me was like well are you married I go yeah I go do you have kids I go no and they're like okay good and I was like what what does that matter and because it's it's a family decision I think because it's going to affect people your family your your people in your life and I've seen I have people um in my cohort that are parents too and Mm -hmm. I met one girl who got pregnant while in the program and I'm like, girl, you're my fucking shiro today. Like, she's like, oh yeah, no. But then when before I went on maternity, like because I had to go on maternity, I was like jamming on my dissertation. I was like, no, girl, I don't think I could do that. But that's why I was just like, good on you, good on you. So thinking about education and in the lens of education through nursing. And I think you've been an adjunct professor before too. And what are Uh your thoughts on, you know, teaching and mentoring? I don't know if that's part of your industry to do that, or that's something you volunteer for, but how, obviously I feel like that's important because we don't want nurses to fuck up. Right. Right. So how important is it for you to mentor and teach those who are coming up? as nurses to make sure they get it right and do it right. And I feel like your kinds of job, like the medical industry, like you, you just simply can't get it wrong, honestly. Right. right? That's right. life or death, literally. So how important is like teaching and mentoring in the nursing field or the medical field in general to you? It's very important. I've made it a point for myself being a full-time in my current role. Um, yeah. I don't have much time but I do little things to mentor students. So I do mentor students in the undergrad nursing program. And I also am a mentor to the graduate students who who is going 
through what I went through with my master's degree. So the master's degree that I, I did was through UCSF. It's for the Master of Science in Healthcare Administration and Interprofessional mm. Leadership. Now, mm-hmm. the good thing about this program was that it's one year. Oh. One year program. It's primarily virtual, but you do, we did have four in-person uh, courses or classes. So with that, you have to take off from work. You know, mm-hmm. you use your- I was just going to ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not everybody are nurses. It's people who are in the healthcare industry that wants to take their career to the next level. So learning the fundamentals of healthcare ad- administration and how to be a great leader. So that's, it was amazing because in the class of 21, there were two that were already CEOs. One was the CEO of Blue Cross Blue Shield. Hey. So that was kind of like, yeah, I was like intimidated. I'm like, wow, this is insane. But I loved it because, you know, there were scenarios, they put us in groups, there were scenarios where it was catered to people who were doing uh, budgeting. And then then there were scenarios where it catered to nursing. And that's when I really thrived because that's my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. right? So, and you, you know, we talk about time. I did my master's program and it was only one year and I was a full-time um, student and a full-time employee mm-hmm. with my organization. And I kid you not, it was pretty difficult, mm-hmm. you know, um, and same like you, I am married and I have no kids. So what is that acronym think- called again that we talked about at lunch? Dink. Dink. It's dual income, no kids. Dink. <laughs> Are we proud dinks right now? <laughs> okay, continue. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and so, yes, I mean, so that's one factor why I have not you know, pull the trigger in doing my PhD. It's not a requirement for my current role now. It is not a requirement, but my ultimate goal is to completely be 100% in the education world in nursing, whether it's within a- I'm so happy. Look at us. Whether it's in a healthcare organization or in a university. Yeah, academia. Um, that's, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of where I want to go or, or I'm working towards. It's just a matter of when's the right time for me to re-enter school. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Look at you mm-hmm. then, still in the field, but pivoting just a little bit, it seems, toward academia and I mean we we, you know I'm still gonna have to know my skills to keep my my license and also as far as teaching right teaching students and now um, going back to your original question how important is it that we as you know I like to say that I'm a veteran now in the nursing world I'm going on my 18th year as a nurse um so, I mean, I've had really good mentorship when I first started as a nurse. I mean, I had a Portuguese um, <laughs> Portuguese preceptor who was just crazy. I mean, she kept me on my toes, but I loved it. I would not have it any other way because that's, to me, that's like a challenge. And you, and you know me, if you challenge me, best believe, bring your game on. So that's how I was with her. And so that's why I feel like I've been so successful in my career. It's because of that, just having the right mentors around you. And till this day, even as an 18-year veter- nursing veteran, I still have a mentor who... I look up to and I call from time to time asking him his his feedback on a certain situation. And for me with students nowadays, I know a lot of them come into the nursing world for, I would say two reasons. One, the money, 
Okay. Yes, nurses do make a lot of money. Coming, I mean, living out here in San Francisco, we make really good money. Right. Um, and then two, the stability, right? The stability that we're always going to need nurses. And which, which brings me to the point. It is our responsibility as the older generations of nurses to mentor and really mold these new graduates to where we want them to be because we're short staff. Every organization, healthcare organization is short staff, VA included. That's where I'm at. Okay. So we're always going to need nurses. Now, yes, we do need nurses, but we need to be mindful of the nurses that we do hire. So, I mean, some people do well in interviews, which kind of um, helps them. But then there's some nurses who don't do well in interviews, but could be very talented in, you know, becoming a really good nurse. We just, it just sucks that one interview can just kind of make or break um, you entering the field. So, yeah, I mean, you can be book smart, you can be street smart. All I expect from nurses who come and works for me or works or works with me is that you just need to, you know, be a team player because this is a team job. You can't, sure. You can't do this job by yourself and to be a good communicator and also to just care that is the ultimate thing for nurses is you have to care about the people that you care for it defeats the purpose in coming to nursing if you don't give a damn about other people it mm -hmm. just won't work mm -hmm. and it'll show it will definitely show in your performance and as as someone who has been in management for a while now, yeah, I, I mean, I, I pick it up pretty well. Mm -hmm. And so that's why mentoring and just, you know, helping younger generations to just be better than what yeah. you think you can be. Um, just it will help with the problems that we currently have in healthcare, which is staffing shortage. And you brought out so many points in what you just said. And we did have this conversation before. And in your opinion, because I kind of saw it when I was a GA in a nursing school is one, there's a shortage of nurses, mm -hmm. but also what I saw, I don't know if it's specific to this university, but there was a shortage of professors needing to teach. They're always hiring. They're always short. And I was right. just like, well, I guess I kind of get it because you just said there's two reasons mainly why people come into nursing one of them is money so why would a yep. nurse because all of these are nurses right and uh, most of them Correct. are have doctorates which is why they're uh, right. professors here why would you leave a job that gets paid to mm -hmm. come to be a university professor which probably gets paid a fraction of what that is to teach future nurses you have to love it you have to love it and you Correct. have to do it because you're giving up money but going, calling back to your point about work-life balance meaning they still can have a life. Maybe they have kids. They can still attend their kids' soccer game, whatever. And you get summers off if you wanted to. And maybe you could go be a nurse during the summer. I don't know how your industry works and like that. I just thought it, not unfortunate, but I just observed that, which is why I brought up the question of how important is mentoring? Because you have these nurses who are now professors, but they're still nurses because they have all these alphabet soups past their name, yeah. right? And I'm just like, I don't even know what they mean, you know, but right. I'm helping them out with their classes and whatnot. And just thinking about how you have to want to be here, you know, and it sounds like someone that's something you are that I'm learning. Apparently now I didn't know you wanted to go in academia, but, but it's, it's this, it's this dichotomy because I see it with teachers, right? When I see teachers leave the DOE for higher ed, which I think is good, but it's also just like, we need so much quality teachers. We just need teachers period in the K-12 arena, especially in DOE, but then we're all humans at the end of the day and we all need to have a life and, and, and income. So I get that people leave because why would anyone want to be a DOE teacher when like the environment is crap, you don't have any support and, and, and do all this crap for shit pay. Why would anyone stay? You know what I mean? So right. in terms of nursing, it's almost like there's always a handful of 
um, instructor positions open here because they just simply can't fill it. But it's also like, if there's no one to teach the nursing students, you know, it has to be cyclical, right? Then how are we supposed to get quality nurses up and running? And I said, like I said, you, this is a job you can't fuck up. <laughs> right. So, right. Even if it's right. drawing blood, you know, you like the science stuff. I can't stand it. Like when I'm drawing, like, just do it, just do it. And don't like tell me, you know what I mean? I can't even stand like getting blood drawn. I just like cringe. I'm just like, oh my God, I have to get my fucking blood drawn again, you know? <laughs> but if they do it wrong, that's going to affect me as the person getting blood. You're the one prodding, poking and prodding me, you know? And I don't Correct. want them to fuck that shit up, you know? And you're, you're going to make Correct. something worse out of something that should have been simple. So. Right. I don't know what my question would be. I just, I was just wondering, what is your opinion on why nurses, one, don't go, and maybe Filipino nurses, don't plan to, and you're an outlier here, go more for their master's, much less their, is it called the DNP? Or you can get a PhD too. There's, I think there's options right. in, in the doctorate level. And right. the second half is why nurses in general, there's a shortage even for instructors in nursing, which you need for these young nurses coming up the undergrads. Right, right. Going back to the money part, right? Floor nursing in general just makes more money. You know, they're not tied down to just, you know, most work 32 to 40 hours and you can always have OT double time. I mean, people do it all the time and it's good money. Why people don't go or nurses don't go for their master's and or doctorate, it's really not needed to do what most of them are doing. Mm. Even even in my role in management, master's was not mandatory. Okay. Like it won't get you a higher pay or anything. Correct. Correct. Now, I mean, yes and no. Right, right, right. Within the, within the federal sector, it does big, play a big part in your salary. It okay. does. And your ranking as far as nurse levels. Okay. So yes, um, now in private organizations, not so much. Mm. Okay. Unless you are using it for um, a position that requires a master's, such as, let's say, a nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. Of course, mm -hmm. then you'll make a little bit more. But I mean, most nurses will not will not go for higher education because there's no need for it. There's no need for it. And most of them don't, just don't have time. I was just going to say. Yeah, most nurses have families, kids. They just don't have the time or the effort or even motivation to get into nurses. I mean, I didn't get my master's till 20. I didn't go into my master's till 2019. I've been out of school. How long before that? Girl, so, same. I mean, See, 2017 for me. And yeah, I don't know how it was for you, but it was fucking tough to like read, <laughs> relearn, relearn how to learn. And then also learning online. Was your program online? Like we didn't have that shit yeah. when we were in college, girls. That is fucking how old we are right now. But I had to Correct. learn how to learn online. I was like, fuck, I did yeah. not have this shit as an undergrad. Same, same. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough for sure. And being one of the older ones in the program, yeah, that was tough. But you know what? Um, regardless, I don't think I'm the smartest person because, you know, I just don't think I'm the smartest when I'm around a group of people. But you have to be confident. And for me, to how I got where I'm at now, it's not because I was scared. There's no room for you to climb up the leadership role if you are not confident in yourself. Preach, okay? girl. Um, so I, I was very nervous. Of course, I was very nervous. You know, you got these youngins who come in with like these grand old, uh, grand old ideas in how to improve healthcare. And I'm kind of stuck in the middle between, yeah, I love change, but I also feel like some, sometimes if there's no problem, you shouldn't change it. Just keep it at as is, or maybe just elevate a little bit, but you know, younger generations try to try to change everything. Overhaul. When, to me, yeah, it's not always needed. So, I mean, you just have to be confident in yourself and just roll with the punches. I don't think I've had an easy route to be being where I'm at 
today. That is such a perfect segue about talking about confidence. So let's just talk about the strong, independent, intelligent, (laughs) confident woman and the stigma women get, you know, when you say it like, oh, she's cocky, she's just being a bitch or whatever. When men say it, I was like, oh yeah, he's a leader. And this dichotomy of women and the glass ceiling and always being seen differently. But when the, a man says the exact same thing, it, it's shown as like confident and being a leader. But when a woman does it, it's uh-huh. just like, girl, sit down. I'm like, bitch, shut up. You know? So, right, right, right. You know, right. and what I love about you is you're a fucking boss bitch. <laughs> and you, you, you own it without being flaunty about it because it's just facts. It's just facts. Mm-hmm. And, and I also don't think why should we have to supposedly women in general have to humble themselves for mm-hmm. just stating facts of who they are or, or what level they've achieved in the workplace, you know, and especially Filipino women hitting these high ranks. And I was so happy again when I was Ging with the School of Nursing that the interim dean of the nursing school was Filipino. And I was like, yes, Monog. Yes, because like I said, at this point, most of the professors were not Filipino. I actually, I couldn't mm-hmm. even, I don't think one of the professors was Filipino. So to know that the top boss was, was like, okay, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't see Filipinos here right. getting doctorates, nor do I see professors, but we got one and she's at the yeah. top right now, even if it's interim, you know? I pride myself and I, I, I say it as a joke, but I'm being serious. It's like, you know, I... Love that I surround myself with like these strong, independent, Ill- intelligent women who are my friends. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, uh-huh. that's right. You know, I'm just like, and I want to be surrounded by those kinds of people. And you are definitely, you know, one of them. And talk about your climb up there to perceivably the top, if if we want to call it that, or, or just to the level that you are. And you kind of mentioned that it wasn't an easy road how hard it was for you, but also I'm proud of you. I hope you're proud of yourself of the accomplishments Thanks. that you got to where you are. Yeah, it was not an easy road for sure. I, I first started my nursing career in a private organization out here in San Francisco. When I first dabbled, in fact, I was more like voluntold um, for, uh, you know, a low middle, uh, low management role it was tough because you know i was young not as experienced as the people that you're gonna be that you know supervising it was tough because you know you get little chatters right like how like how does she know she's only Mm. been a nurse seven years how you know i don't think we should go that route does she know what she's doing mm-hmm. and then they put in the and then they put on the age like she's she's not even 30 yeah you know it's just that bothered me i bet but you know that's what pushes me that what that's what challenges me to you know overcome these adversities is because growing up with a father who expects a lot from you. And it's not even, you know, you need to do this so you can get to this level. No, it's more of he empowered me. As the only girl amongst my siblings, he empowered me. Hey, go out and be somebody. You know, only you can dictate where you want to go. No one else. There's people that's going to come at you left and right. They're going to use dumb excuses to put you down. It's not for you to understand why they're doing what they're doing. It's mm-hmm. you, ha- you have to be mindful of how you react to them. That's, yep. that's a true leader. Okay. So I, I take that and I, I'm, I'm very prideful. When you tell me I can't do, best believe I'm a crawl. <laughs> I might shank people on the way, but, <laughs> but I will, I will, I will prove you wrong. And so, yeah, ageism, the discrimination as far as not, you know, lacking experience, that's been always every step of the way, private organization or in the federal sector. I'm now in the VA where I compete 
for roles with veterans. And not just any veterans, I'm talking about white veterans, older veterans who've been in the Men? service. Mm-hmm. Men. So you know, that's tough already. I'm mm-hmm. a female of color. I'm young. Who did not serve. I have never been. Yep, I've never served. So that's that's now what I've had to deal with the past five years within the VA. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, you know, you watch will go your way. <laughs> yeah, things will go your way if you do hard work. And that's where I'm at. Um, in the four roles that I've I've had within the VA, all four I beat out white veterans, white mm-hmm. male veterans. So I, you know, it's, and it's, it's not about being, um, a bitch. It's not being about overconfident or cocky. It's to me, honestly, how I got here is the relationship I've made in my nursing journey. Okay. Um, that's it. You know, you are personable, confident, but not overly confident, just enough so people can be like, I trust her because this, this, and this. That's all you need to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. <laughs> <laughs> and it's tough. It's been a tough journey for sure. But you have to love what you do. Management is not for everybody, which is yeah. why a lot of nurses don't go into that type of role or go to go back to school it's because they don't want to deal with the stress Um, and that's a choice and that's totally fine and it's a choice right correct because i'm I'm a former state worker and i know a Mm -hmm. lot of people who don't want to take that um, promotion even though Mm -hmm. it's a step up in your Mm -hmm. sr level or pay because they just don't want the responsibility usually it's the older ones because they're like i'm so close to retirement i got five years i just kind of want to cruise till it which i totally get now um they don't want you know more money more problems kind of thing and i feel like you know i'm cool i'm cool right here and um yeah so that's fine that's totally fine perfectly fine just as long you are still thriving where you're at. What I like to tell people is there's going to be a time in your career or where you're at now where you're like, I hate this job. Or if you're stressing or even anxious just to enter work, that is your time for you to start looking elsewhere. Elsewhere as in another job or elsewhere is in another Another job, another role, whatever floats your boat. In nursing, the good thing about nursing is you can do a lot of things. You don't have to be on the floors working with patients. What are those other things? You can be a lawyer. Just go back to do your law degree. So you can do nursing stuff. Uh, You could do coordination or or like case managers where, you know, you, you like to help people with their home life. If they need caregivers. There's so many things. You don't have to have direct patient care to be a nurse you know that's so funny I was I just learned that not just but when I was in the state for the latter years I finally realized the same thing with attorneys that Mm -hmm. you don't have to go to court just because you're an attorney Mm -hmm. that's what attorneys do but because I worked with so many attorneys for the state but that's all they did Mm -hmm. was advise on legal stuff for our office we would have literally um staff attorneys but they don't go to court there is no court they would go to some sort of counsel or whatever or not because all they do is just it's just through filing so what they're doing is just looking at it and giving their legal opinion advising the big boss how we should proceed but they don't ever go to court and i didn't realize that but or you could go into politics like the legislatures have tons of lawyers most Mm -hmm. legislators are lawyers Usually not all of uh-huh. them are, but it does help that, you know, the law so that you could be a lawyer and, and, and also, you know, make, um, laws, create laws as well. Right. But I realize, and right. I guess now I'm today years old when it, I'm realizing the same thing with nursing is 
as you say, you don't have to be on the floor. You don't have to be one of those people on Grey's Anatomy. You can do other stuff with your your knowledge of nursing or healthcare towards something else. Did I get that right? Correct. Yeah, you can be a nurse consultant. In the state of Hawaii, I know a lot of auditors where are nurses where they work for the um, state of Hawaii and they go to, you know, um, they have home care. So people take care of patients in within their home, own homes. Mm -hmm. These nurses who are trained auditors will be the ones to go and certify these homes, making sure that they are in compliance with Medicare standards, center, um, state of Hawaii standards. So you don't have to go and work in the hospital or in clinics to be a nurse. There is so many outlets out there for you to discover and figure out which which type of nursing you like. I love so, that because the yeah. theme of my podcast, for me, again, I've pivoted my career, but the underlying through line have always been communication. In fact, my dissertation topic mm -hmm. still has this communication through, line, which is what I told the committee that was the enrollment committee when they asked me, what do you plan to do with it? I was like, well, I have a communication background. So there's absolutely going to be a communication element in my dissertation, you know? And so people out there who are thinking to, quote unquote, completely change your career, you, you can still have that through line of whatever your background is. You just have to choose it and, and pivot it. And academia is one way too, of course. Right. So it's good to know that, and maybe people don't know because you could just be like me or, or perhaps nurses who, like you say, are they're burnt out or like, if you have anxiety coming mm -hmm. to work, I think that's a red flag of like, maybe you shouldn't yep. be doing this shit anymore, you know, and yep. think about where are your strengths? And where could you take it? Or maybe just people just need to do more research to see like, what could you use your skill set for other than the stereotypical nurse that people think about when they, they think of nursing. So I love Correct. that. And you know, yeah. And you know, one of the big things right now in the health industry is um, aesthetics, you know, Botox and all that stuff. Mm. <laughs> A lot of those people you go into those med spas are nurses. Oh, yeah, they are. That's their background is nurses. I mean, a lot of well, it's my like cosmetic surgery or that kind cosmetics. of cosmetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot. Of, in fact, a bunch of my colleagues um, do that on the side. So they do their, you know, their three 12 hour shift a week and they'll go in to work at a med spa one or twice a week just because maybe they want to transition to that full time because it's uh, like a nine to five job where mm -hmm. it's flexible. You create your own schedule, you know, right. so something so a bit more stable things. later. Yes. And I, yes. and it always goes hand in hand to go back to the work life balance because I feel mm -hmm. like as we get older now, it's just like, you've been through the grind. I think when you're in your twenties, you come out of college and you're young and you're hungry and you're over an achiever. And then through your thirties, I think you just start transitioning to just like, those examples I gave where it's like, I just want to stay here now, you know, and wait and cruise till retirement. I don't think we're, we're definitely, we're halfway through retirement. I feel like if we all retire at 60 something, but it's also just like slowing down where it's just kind of like, I've done the grind. I don't need to do it anymore. You know, I just want to yeah. like live my life a little bit more, slow down, you know, and not right. have to like go, go, go all the time. And I, I feel that more I've embraced, you know, the 40 year old auntie. <laughs> <laughs> moniker that you just get when you turn 40 but I've embraced it because I'm just like you know I don't need to go through that grime and 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 run through hoops and and bounds and I'm just like I'm cool but I'm slowly it's like you slow it down a little bit but maybe the angle of your trajectory isn't so steep but you, I'm still moving mm -hmm. upward it's just slower right. and at a bit more you know slower stance but the point is that you're still moving onward and upward it's just right changing the trajectory of it and, you know, what do you see for yourself in the next 20 years now that you've accomplished all these things in your first 20 years? Oh, that was know, deep. That like, was some deep cuts. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> we've talked about it. I do want to get into education in some form. Um, but I also want to do things that I enjoy. Which are? What I really what I really enjoy is interior designing and flipping homes. That's really like something I want to get into. 
I feel like that's side. a good slow like side hustle before mm-hmm. like you hit retirement and then you go like full out with it. I think my auntie and yeah. uncle them back in Georgia kind of did that. And then when mm-hmm. they retired, then it's just kind of like, well, I have three properties that I just rent out or Airbnb and make right. money off of. But then you have to do the maintenance or whatever for it. But that's yeah, not anything by that point, right? Yeah. So weird, but interesting I don't think I knew that I, I don't think I knew that about you but but it's totally you though yes totally so me so yeah I mean there's I'm like I mentioned I'm a firm believer of work-life balance uh when I was younger new to my nursing career I used to work all the time people they would call me but like you want to do a double hell yeah <laughs> because I thought that's what it was I mean growing up I Everybody yeah. was like, my friends were like, I can't wait to get married, have kids. And in my, in my mind, I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait to become a millionaire. That was actually what I strived. Um, and so, you know, I, I always thought money is everything. And then when you, yeah. when you grow, you know, when you grow older and then you're surrounded by sick patients and, you know, they give you... Uh, wisdom you know I've met so many like older generations uh older people or patients and you know what's your what what's your advice for living to 94 or 95 I even had 108 patient you know what's what's your advice and you like just kind of appreciate what they tell you you know don't take things too serious you know don't work too much but in the, in this day and age, working working is a must. That's yeah. how we live our life, right? And yep. coming from parents who are who um, immigrated from another country, they had to take on multiple jobs just to make ends meet. So I thought that was the norm for for me. That was the norm, right? You just had to hustle. But I, yeah, even at forty, I feel like. You just have to enjoy life. You do your work and then you set aside time for what you want to do. So I feel like we've done the grind the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to enjoy it a little bit before we really enjoy it in retirement. Correct. Correct. So slowing down must feel nice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm at. I want to slow down a bit. But stress, but we're slowing time. down. Yeah, we're st- the, the key mm-hmm. word is slowing down, not stopping, you know, like we're still right. going Correct. for it. Yeah, just not as much Correct. as I think we were young. I'm just also too old for this yeah. shit too. I was like, <laughs> I was like you kids go work right. your we double. Yeah, I am like, I'll be over here just like enjoying my weekend, doing nothing. You know, I, right. I enjoy doing right. that. Because for me, it comes so few and far between. I feel like when I'm tired, I enjoy doing nothing. But when I'm done doing nothing, I then I feel like this is a waste of time to do nothing. I feel like I should be doing so I should be reading <laughs> journal articles or I should be like doing something. You know what I mean? Like when I've when I've taken my rest, then I was like, okay, yeah. now I feel like I'm wasting time doing something, uh, doing nothing. I should be doing something, you know? So is that the same yeah. for you or this? I don't know if it's innate in us to just kind of keep busy after you've, you've rested. Yeah, no, I mean... That's the only way for my body to continue to work. Because if you stay stagnant, then you're just not helping your body at all. Especially if you're point. we're aging, you know, <laughs> we're 40, but yes, we're aging. But if you stay stagnant, you ain't just, you're not gonna, you're not helping your body to be stronger or physically be, be and like, mentally. Yeah, it seems. Yeah. I didn't realize that. That's a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So oh, you have good. to keep going and, and just an advice because you know coming just thinking about our parents who are aging you know sure yeah um we have to be mindful in motivating them to stay active yeah that's the only way for them to live longer um and not just live longer live a uh, healthier um longer fuller so just yeah gotta be on the move that's true okay let's segue into something i i was watching a podcast recently and they were talking about 
this idea of friendship and girl friendship. And I thought it was just like, it was just a simple thing, but it's just the way you look at it, where they were talking about how you should make time for your friends because you genuinely want to. Like, don't use your friends as escapism from like your husbands or your kids. Like, don't call your friends to hang out because you're you're so over what's going on over here. Like, to me, it's basically like a push-pull factor, right? Like, I only you know, texted my friends, like, let's go out because I'm getting pushed away. Cause like, I don't want to have to deal with my like husband and kids right now, you know, right. as opposed to right. a pull factor where it's just like, I like purposely am making time because I genuinely want to hang out with my girlfriends, you know? And I think that's just mm -hmm. in general of like all your other friendship relationships, you know, guy or girl is like, to really make a point to hang out with him because you want to and not because you're uh -huh. just like tired of like, I don't want to see my husband like all day, all the weekend, you know, I need to go out. Uh -huh. That That is a reason, but there it, it's like the other side of the coin of that. You, it's really because you should want to have to hang out with them. And I realized for me is like, I, I actually do that, but I, I kind of in this guise of an excuse and, but it's not an excuse is like when I go to Oahu, I text all my friends, you know, it's uh -huh. just like, what are you doing? I'm here from this date to this date. Like, let's do this date, this date. What dates are you open? I'll start filling out my calendar while I'm there. And that's why I'm so busy when I go to Oahu, because I try to literally make time for all of these friends I don't ever get to see. And I think we take that for granted, or I did when mm -hmm. I was on Oahu, because like, well, we live on the same island. Let's like, we can talk, right. hang out whenever the fuck we want. But now with that, it's like, I'm only here for this like finite amount of time. And, you know, I don't know when I'm coming back or it could be for a short time. So I don't like, I literally don't know the next time I'm going to see you. So like, let's make it a point to see each other, you know? And I just did that for my Christmas trip coming out there. I start filling out my calendar for lunches or dinners, Pohana, whatever. And right. I took pride in my answer. I was like, oh, but I do that. And I'm so glad I do because I genuinely want to see what's happening in people's eyes. You know, I'm not on social media much. And I feel like a good chunk of my friends that I hang out with aren't. So like, I literally don't know what's going on with them. But I think that makes yeah. for great in-depth conversation when we do hang out because like, I literally don't know what's going on with you. And I don't share what I'm what's going on with me. So there's this back and forth and you can talk for like two or three hours about just literally uh -huh. catching up. And I feel like you and I do that because I appreciate when, you text me, even though I don't, you know, you're going to Oahu and I live on Oahu, but I'm just like, well, girl, I can also just book a flight to Oahu, you know, if our schedules meet, which we are doing in January. So, yes. you know, looking forward to that. And calling back to what we, you know, established in the beginning of this podcast, like we've been friends for almost 30 years at this point, you know, come next year, it's going to be 30 years. And, uh -huh. you know, what do you make of these friendships that we hang on to for 30 years, you know, or, or uh -huh. any friendship, no matter how long, you know, what does that mean for you on this, you know, ideal of girl friendship and having each other and uh, these relationships that are outside of like your close family and, and your marriage? Yeah, you know, I've been blessed with like a lot of friends growing up. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then, you know, I, I come to San Francisco for school, you make new friends. Um, so I do have multiple group of friends, um, you know, from, from work to, from, from school, college to work. And then I have my core friends from home that we've been friends since elementary intermediate days um you know i i like to say i'm a pretty good friend for the you know i, I like to say i am i will i can confirm initiative. that <laughs> yeah, I, i'll take initiative in planning things if need be this is but, true you know for being out here away from my family and my core group of friends my friends here have become my family Sure. So, you know, it's a two-way street, really. You know, I want, I take the time out to text message you, say, you know, let's hang out. And I, I would expect that from you, too. It's a two-way street. Yeah. Um, but I've learned one lesson to really determine if your friends are really your friends. And Ooh, do share. If you stop, if you stop messaging them, Stop communicating with them. 
see which friends actually reach out to you when you are normally the one reaching out to others. Oh, I That's totally get that. Really, yeah. really know who your friends are. Now that we're older in our 40s, I really don't care about bullshit. I don't yep. care about the drama. I don't care about Same. who, you know, who is doing what. I really don't care. What makes me fool now is the people who really have my back and who show me that they really are my friends. That's yep. And I don't need 25 friends in my life. I just yep. need a small amount of people that I know have my back. I can fully trust. That's, that's all. That's that's what makes me whole. Same. So, so, I mean, you just... You try to be a good friend as much as possible. And if it's not reciprocated, then it's time to move on. That's where I am at now. Because is it really friendship when it's not reciprocated, right? It can't all be one way. <laughs> then one is just a fool. Correct. <laughs> right? I totally Correct. get that. I, to Correct. I totally get yeah. that, you know. Yeah. And even with, because then I'm just, I would kind of throw them now into a bucket of maybe we're just social media friends, which is totally fine, which is, you know, yeah. that we'll just like catch up with each other on social media, but not, you know, um, text each other or whatnot. And I think as we get older, you really do see for what it is, which relationships matter or not mm -hmm. because the reciprocation mm -hmm. of it, because they think your relationship matters <laughs> as friendship, right. you know? I, I think it's because we all, we change, right? Sure. We change. Evolve. I didn't use the word evolve, but. Okay, I like I like that better. Evolve. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that we are no longer friends. Yes. It's just maybe your priorities is a little bit more different from my priority. And that's yes. totally fine. Yeah, agreed. That's totally fine. We can, we can still be friends. It's just my core, like who I really rely on is all I need. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's, I, I, I give more of my time to those friends than other friends. Sure. If that makes yeah. sense. I, it absolutely makes sense to me. And I totally agree wholeheartedly 100% everything that you were saying there. Cause I think I share the exact same philosophy with it. And I'm also like super happy that we got to spend our 40th birthday together. I think I've mentioned it a few times in podcast because I can't not deny that we turned 40 this year. I think it was just even in last week's podcast, I was just kind of recapping the calendar year, not just the, the school year, even though it's not the end of the school year, but just mm -hmm. how, and I hate using this word, but it, it really encompasses, I un totally understand this word now, but it really has been like hashtag blessed because just everything I feel like that's happened this year. It's just been all, it's been a great 2023. I don't know how it was for you, but it's just been like an amazing 40 year and I, I don't like I turned 40 half the year right so I feel like there's still the other half coming around I really have a good feeling about 2024 but when I was just like looking back and you know it is the end of the year it's December it's the holidays what did mm -hmm. you think of turning 40 and the the year in general 2023 yeah turning 40 it really didn't make a significant change in my life <laughs> just you know now I have to like get like screenings like mammograms and stuff but oh, you right. know uh, I still feel the same but yeah I agree with you 2023 was a blessing really because there were things that occurred in my life that I'm like very thankful for and then mm -hmm. with our group of friends we were able to all be in one place at the and same between time. you and me we saw each other three times in one calendar year that, that has oh, yeah. not happened i feel like yeah. you know but three times yeah. it's like unicorns. <laughs> but as you were saying <laughs> that our group of friends got together in one room after how many years that's also a unicorn moment i feel like it was yeah. just, it was just like a christmas miracle that came in august i mean yeah i i'm i'm pretty full from 2023 and mm -hmm. i can't wait for what 2024 will bring us so looking ahead, wrapping it mm -hmm. up, when we had lunch <laughs> back in October, you were talking about how you wanted to run for HOA president <laughs> in your area. <laughs> and me and my cousin Jen were like, oh, my God. And I'm like, you should totally run for HOA president. You are absolutely the type of person that would make a perfect HOA president. You'll start off with secretary and just like work your way up, you know. <laughs> and so what is 
the update on the HOA committee there. I am not running for president. <laughs> so did Jason convince um, you to not run? I knew you were saying he was like, please don't it's run. It's primarily because of my husband who's like, <laughs> no, please, no, please, no. <laughs> because here's the thing. My husband is a, is a social butterfly. He like really can talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a better neighbor than I am because he'll say hi to our neighbors. Hi, hello, good day. And you'll just point you? out violations. <laughs> I, exactly. I really don't care about the little chit chats. You know, I I'd be like, why does she have a trash can in the middle of her yard that looks gross? And trash why thing was that, yesterday, bitch. <laughs> Put that can why, away. <laughs> why is that lady uh, putting up decorations? Christmas decorations. It's only October. Like, girl, it's way too early. <laughs> like, you know. So no. I mean, I I do eventually want to take part in the um committee for our HOA. I know I would be great. I know. <laughs> I think I'd I know be way too. too great. But I'm gonna respect my husband for now. Because as you this- say Jason is a social butterfly and he doesn't want if you or him are out there walking your dogs and people see you and they run, not walk, run the other way because yeah. the HOA president yeah. is there. Jason can talk to nobody <laughs> at this point. He'll be he'll be cut off from yeah, the by association. Yeah. <laughs> so he no. knows that's what's going to happen. That's why. He has to walk the dogs alone because <laughs> So for now, that's a no on on the committee, but, you know, if I do see more violations that I just, it just is boiling my blood, then we going to have to make that, I'm going to have to make that executive decision. (laughs) Like a boss bitch. Enjoy a committee or not. That's what I love about you. A natural born leader. I was like, yes, you should absolutely be president. But yes, I do feel sorry for your husband if you are. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to end with, again, on my trip to October when we saw each other, that we found out that technically, technically, our family trees are connected with each other. When we just kind Mm -hmm. of found out about, we already knew we like shared the same group of people. But then through mm-hmm. two marriages, we are family, technically not blood, mm-hmm. but we are family. And I'm just like, it made me so happy that we are finally family. And as yes. my cousin Jen likes to say, he likes to call you cousin Faye now. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because we're related. Yes. He's Who like who would have thunk 30 years of friendship and we're actually family, you know, that's when your friends are really family there. (laughs) Oh my gosh, sis. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast and chatting with me. I learned a couple of new things about you that I didn't think I would, but it's always a good conversation nonetheless. So I appreciate you taking out time to come hang out with me. Thank you for having me. Of course, anything for you, I will do. All right. Happy holidays. And I'll see you in the new year. For show. See you, sis.